the sense of dependence upon um, the respect or the, the comfort or the gifts of others um, to be to be secure in ourselves. And just when we trust in that over against trusting in the Lord, that's when fear of man begins to crop up in our hearts. I was once like chaff blowing in the wind And I could not stand under the weight of sin well, my heart All right, welcome to this episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I am your host. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station. The Weekly is a podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Um, we were just quoting Wayne's World uh, just a moment ago, and um, I... I and proud of the fact that one of our pastoral residents knows Wayne's World well enough that he can just pull it out of his head just like that. So today we're joined by David David Isle, David 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 Isle, and John Hyatt. Um, I invited them on the podcast today to talk about uh, a topic that I think is relevant to probably all of us in some way, shape, or form. So uh, we're going to be talking about the fear of man today. So before we do that, before we jump into our topic, tell us what are you guys up to today and I don't know, your go-to Christmas music. Mm. Um, what I'm up to today? Um, I just got back from Peru. Uh, we had a little trip down there with a, the Church of Cherrydale, so kind of recovering from that still and trying to get ready for Thanksgiving at the same time. So pretty full schedule on my part. That's great. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk a bit more with the church about Peru and kind of some developments there and, and what we plan to do there. Some exciting stuff. David, what you up to today? Uh, today, um, just getting ready for a short week, um, working on a few things in regards to our small groups and um, trying to think about 2019. Excellent. It's a little bit of an overwhelming thought. Yeah. It's hard to believe. It's already here. Um, so we're recording this. What is today? Two days before Thanksgiving. So when you're when you're listening to this, it's probably going to be a good bit after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we will have enjoyed our Thanksgiving by the time that this is published, um, and be listening to Christmas music. So what's yes. your what's your go to um, Christmas albums? Okay, so my dad had this van for a long time and it had three cassette tapes in it. One Bob Dylan album and two Johnny Mathis Christmas tapes. And I wore those suckers out. Anytime, didn't matter the time of the year, just keep cranking out every single day. So, yeah. For the, for the uninitiated, what would be an example of a Johnny Mathis Christmas song? He would do, he'd do all, the, all the hits, all the classic ones, but just with that Johnny Mathis pep in his voice. You got any Johnny Mathis pep in you that you could share with us? Uh, no, not 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 currently, but is it stay tuned. <laughs> That's next week's episode yeah. of the weekly. What about you, David? What's your go to Christmas album? Um, go to uh I'd like to go back to my high school days and listen to some Reliant K Christmas. Nice. Um Edgy. And more recently I found uh Lauren Daigle. She has a really jazzy Christmas album out. That's fantastic. So Excellent. Excellent. Cool. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the topic of the fear of man. Now, the fear of man is a phrase that's lifted directly from Proverbs chapter 29. I'm going to read that proverb, and then we're going to talk around what exactly fear of man is. We're going to define it. We're going to talk about the ways that it manifests itself, uh, how we can diagnose it in our own hearts, and then what the scriptures say about it and what we can do about it practically. So Proverbs 29, 25 says this, The fear of man lays a snare. 
but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So Proverbs introduces a contrast between fearing man and trusting in the Lord and says that the fear of man is a snare. So what would, how would we define fear of man? What is the fear of man? Yeah, so really the most basic definition with the fear of man is uh, basically putting people in the place of God. Um, so you look to them for satisfaction. Uh, you look to them as your authority in some way rather than looking to the Lord um, as the authority in your life. Yeah, it's a, there's a, a great book we're going to talk a good bit about called uh, When People Are Big and God is Small by a guy named Ed Welch. It's really helpful, but he talks a lot about the idea of... Um, just feeling like we need something from other people, this sense of dependence upon um, the respect or the, the comfort or the gifts of others um, to, be, to be secure in ourselves. And just when we trust in that over against trusting in the Lord, that's when fear of man begins to crop up in our hearts. Hmm. Would you say that fear of man is something that is a pretty common struggle? Yes. Um, I think it's really common and, and Welch actually does a great job just talking about how pervasive that is even though it's not something we necessarily think of ourselves because maybe you're not necessarily like afraid of people or um, just shy and bashful all the time but he just kind of shows that there are many things that we do that are motivated just by um, kind of an obsession with the approval or the acceptance of others and that's a way of fearing man because we're seeking their approval over against everything else. Hmm. You about to say something? Yeah, I was just thinking of like, um, you could think of an example of just sitting in an award ceremony in school, you know, back in high school or something. And, um, you know, you're, you're sitting there thinking about how, um, you know, you deserve to win this or you deserve to win that or, or whatever. And then, uh, and then somebody wins the award and you automatically start self-justifying why you didn't win the award. Like it's just kind of your natural internal and obviously like high school, we're all a little less mature, mm -hmm. hopefully <laughs> than we are today, but still it's just a kind of a primitive example of how our inward talk kind of is self-absorbed and just kind of, it's just a mess, you know, um, mm -hmm. depending on what's happening externally to you, it automatically gravitates towards self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think a helpful distinction there is like when it says fear of man, it's not a, it's not that we're afraid of others necessarily, but but it's the idea of our behavior being dictated more by others than it is by God, what He says of us and what He says to us. Mm -hmm. um, what would what would be some examples of the way the fear of man manifests itself today? If you're in high school and you're in the award ceremony and you, <laughs> that's a good example. But what would be some ways today where we, we see fear of man manifesting itself? I think one co really common area is um, overcommitment, feeling like you have to say yes to everything that's mm. presented to you, um, finding it hard to say no to things or trying to just fit whatever um, someone asks of you into your schedule. Um, and a lot of the time we can try to justify that and to say that it's, um, us trying to be sacrificial or, or just going hard for, for good things. But often um, we need to ask ourselves, are we really doing that for the sake of others? Or are we doing it because we want others to see us doing things for the sake of them? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a really, really common area. 
at least in my life. So. Yeah, I can relate with that. What would be some others? Some other examples? Well, I think pretty uh, a pretty easy one is just if we're if we're so if we're so kind of caught up in what others think of us, then we're going to feel like we need them. You know, we're going to feel like we need them to affirm us and need them to kind of buttress our our um, our self esteem. So. I think that that's just we're constantly seeking others to meet our needs um, in various ways like oh well you said it this way and that really made me feel like yeah. you know I'm not uh, you know respected or whatever and it's like well these conversations may need to be had but you also need to question your own heart and say okay well why do you feel like you're disrespected when they say it with just a tinge of inflection in this manner you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. um, so I remember doing that a lot with with ex-girlfriends, but um, <laughs> hopefully I don't do much of that anymore. Yeah, I mean, so like an oversensitivity mm-hmm. to people communicating to you. Um, yeah. Maybe a tendency to uh, overanalyze conversations before and after and kind of paralyzing yourself and analyzing how you came across or like what sort of impressions you gave in a conversation. Um I think about like constantly needing permission from others to do things. Mm-hmm. So like I can't, I can't like this music unless I have permission to like it from everyone else. Or, or you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a silly example. Kind you of know, peer pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, not feeling like I can have my own opinions until they're validated or uh, granted permission, you know, by others. Yeah. Yeah. It almost just becomes a kind of just kind of this posture you have in a lot of things that you do. Sometimes it's not just one specific way that you handle something, but just the general way you go about like interacting with others or, or thinking about what others are going to say in response. And um, yeah, it can just it can just kind of permeate a ton of different things. And once you start pulling on one of those threads, you can kind of see it kind of throughout your whole life and just yeah. see how deeply pervasive it is. Yeah. Yeah, this topic is really kind of an, an evergreen topic for me. I'm just always, I would say this is probably close to the heart of, you know, one of the things that I struggle with the most is fear of man. Just constantly being aware of myself and constantly uh, having like a lingering voice in the back of my head that's saying, what do they think of you? What, how, how did you come across to them? How did you How did you sound when you said this thing? I would say that's, that's probably something that is at play more in my heart than I would like to admit. Um, and I would imagine that Many of us would probably feel that way, and many of the folks that are listening would probably be able to affirm that you know they they on some level struggle with the fear of man too. For sure, for sure. So, what what is the what does the scripture have to say about the fear of man? Why why is it um, why is it a snare? Uh, I think we see the fear of man kind of just happening throughout the stories of the Old Testament. Um, you just see the people of Israel being told to trust in the Lord and trust in his promises that he gives them and trust in what he is able to do to accomplish those purposes. Um, and then them seeing the next king on the horizon and panicking and, and freaking out and seeing this next people group that's coming up against them um, and just losing, <laughs> you know, just losing it and uh, either just abandoning the Lord or, or trying to make some kind of alliance with this other group and and trying to just be accepted and and get by on their own strength. Um, It kind of just shoots through really most of the 
story of the people of Israel is just them fearing one man over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. really, really common. Uh, Jeremiah uh, seventeen five through eight kind of uh, is a is a good text on fear of man and kind of encapsulates more in a I guess pinpointed way in the scripture. It says, "Cursed is the one who trusts in man." who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not be. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not, uh, it does not fear when the heat comes. It leaves, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to be fruitful. Um, so, I mean, just the, the juxtaposition of trusting in man and trusting in God, like he, Jeremiah is really showing us like there's two options here. There's two options in life. You either trust, you know, what others think of you, trust what the world thinks of you, or even what you think of yourself where you trust him, you know, you trust in what God says to be true. And, um, and you know, you see the, I mean, I see it in my own life. Like, if I'm firmly planted in the streams, uh, um, planted by the stream, which is that I'm, I'm, I'm rooted in Christ, then when the heat does come, you know, it says it does not fear when the heat comes. And so no matter what comes, what other people think or the judgments that, you know, are there, um, that tree is going to stand firm because it's rooted in uh, the fear of the Lord. So I think I think one thing too that um, that Welch really hit on that that was helpful to me is that our our society has been so over psychologized that we think that we run to the Lord for our needs, and there's some sort of like psychological needs that are met in the gospel when really it's a spiritual need that we have for Christ, you know? Mm. So when it says to be rooted in the Lord, you know, like rooted by that stream and that you will be able to stand, it's, it's not that we have this big love bucket or tank that needs to be filled, you know, and only Christ can fill it. It's that really, if, if we're coming to Christ, then for only that purpose, we're kind of coming to him for the wrong reasons. And the fear of the Lord is really, is really pushes against even that notion that, oh, well, I don't need to fear what other people think. What God thinks of me is enough. Forget everybody else. It's like it's still, it's still oriented around self. Hmm. And so that was pretty, that was pretty helpful uh, thing that Welsh kind of said in that. The fear of man is not, the fear of the Lord is not that. The fear of the Lord is actually putting you in your proper place hmm. and seeing your fear of man is actually a pride issue. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that that's that's something that's that's pretty uh, pretty helpful from Jeremiah and, and also from the book. Anything to add to that? Yeah, that's good. I, I, it, so it sounds like the, the the primary issue is with the fear of man is that it's not fearing God or that it's it's looking for something, um, looking for fulfillment and satisfaction in something outside of God and putting trust in something outside of God. And that's the primary problem with the fear of man is that it's, that it's just not God. 
and what we're after it when, when we are we're dictated by the opinions and approval of others is what we're ultimately after is what God offers us and um, the love that he shows us through his son mm-hmm. um, you're about to add something John yeah and that's really I mean that's what Paul is so emphasizing in Galatians too right like this this desire that the Galatians are being tempted to, to be circumcised and, and believe what the, these people called the Judaizers are saying. And, and but Paul says ultimately, like you're trying to please man, you're trying to please these expectation these expectations of man. Um, and it's really because they're not keeping the law, they're not living righteously, so that they're trying to make themselves feel better about themselves by making you like them. Um, and he actually says, like, if, if I were still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Like he says, if I was like ser- pleasing man and serving Christ are, are two different things. Hmm. Um, and that we when we confuse those two or try to blend those two, like it just doesn't work. The system breaks down and undermines our faith. Yeah. No man can serve two masters. Right. He must serve one and hate the other. Yeah, that's good. Um uh, so what can we do about fear of man practically? So if we're listening to this and we feel um, like totally pressed in on by this topic and we can totally relate with this tendency for our behavior to be dictated by the opinions of others, we feel ourselves almost paralyzed by needing approval and respect, whatever else, whatever else it is, what practically, practically can we do to the fear of man? I think when I've been confronted by that, sinful pattern in myself I've almost felt really embarrassed by it like it just like really like I'm like that like (laughs) I'm that much of a punk like to just be like so influenced by this person Um, and the tendency is to kind of recoil and just try to push through it and make that not a thing Um, but the Lord actually knows that already about us Um, and the, the, the beauty of the gospel is that we can actually freely confess that we have feared others more than we feared God um, we can bring that to hmm. the Lord and ask Him to give us a bigger view of Himself. Hmm. Um, and then as we do that, we meditate upon the Scriptures and see these passages that say things like, I kill and I make alive, like I form the, the heavens and the earth, and just consider that that God is a God who took on flesh and lived among us and then offers us life. Like um, The Lord meets us in that, you know, and He's hmm. not... He's completely aware of the fact that we don't appreciate his glory enough and that we fear of others more than him. So I think that's really kind of a foundational place for us to start is just admitting that we do that and not trying to push through it and act like we don't. Hmm. Yeah, admitting and confessing mm-hmm. our sin before the Lord mm-hmm. and asking forgiveness. And, and then, as you said, um, confronting ourselves with who God is. Uh, the passage we were in just a few weeks ago, Matthew 10, uh, verse... Um, 28, Jesus says, speaking to his apostles when he's telling them that they're inevitably going to be persecuted, he says, Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So he says, like, what's the worst thing, worst case scenario, this person that you're afraid of, worst case thing they can do is kill you. Um, and they can only kill you so many times. Um, but we are to fear one who can kill both body and soul. The God who can, who can really inflict harm on us if he if he so desired that's definitely yeah uh, so i mean just just practically speaking um i think i think admitting that there is a problem is is the biggest step for just about anything so um even one of the one of the things that he pointed out was that you know sometimes we we don't think we have a problem with fear man because we're we think we're successful and honestly that is kind of a 
topsy-turvy fear of man that we think we're successful because we're still comparing ourselves to others. Mm -hmm. So I think just making sure that we're exploring, you know, these different things like, well, I don't have a confidence issue, so therefore I don't really have fear. Well, maybe you still do have a fear of man issue because you're basing your confidence on others. But going from there, um, just, uh, you know, also focusing in and zeroing in on the fact that um, although the gospel is not about meeting your psychological needs, it is about meeting your spiritual needs. And um, and he, he made a really big point, and this is just really helpful, that people will expose you, um, they will hurt you, and they will reject you. But in Christ, God covers all those things, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he accepts you in Christ, that he protects you spiritually, and... Um, and that he, uh, that although your your sin is exposed to him, he covers that sin mm. with the cross. He covers it with the son, of, you know, the blood of his son. Um, so I think there's just a lot of freedom in that, and like even t- just disarming the enemy, disarming our own flesh, and saying, okay, well, maybe people do reject me. You know, maybe they do. You know, maybe I really do fear people. You know, finding me out to be an imposter or something because they really know who I really am. It's like, well, the best way to kind of come forth with that is to just bring it out in the open, confess it to your brothers and sisters, you know, in community with other believers where the gospel is, you know, being spoken. And um, there is real just freedom and uh, liberation, you know, that, that comes from that. Yeah, so if you wanna if you wanna read more on the topic, uh, we could we could continue to talk about this. But if you wanna read more, um, would recommend to you the book "When People Are Big and God Is Small" by Ed Welch. Um, uh, these guys both heartily recommend it, and uh, we commend it to you. Um, we appreciate you listening today. We hope that you are convicted, and we hope by God's grace that He would um, show you the need to confess, the need to find forgiveness, the need to recognize that He has met your spiritual needs. Um, and that you would be able to process these things with people in your community group and, and may, by God's grace, may we grow in our tendency to fear man. So we appreciate you listening, and we will uh, talk to you next time. Thanks.